Hello and welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. In this series, we peek behind the curtain and explore the world of performance. Today we will be taking a look at interactive theatre. The fourth wall has been compromised, my friends. We're going in. How would you sum up interactive theatre? This will be a pretty big generalisation, but basically an interactive performance is one where the audience is treated as a co-creator. If it has participation, or the audience is being physically active, or asked to make decisions that affect the performance, then it's probably interactive theatre. There's a lot of terminology used in interactive performances, so let's go over some of it. I'm using Physical Theatres by Simon Murray and John Keefe as a reference. Site Sympathetic, an existing performance text performed in selected venues. Site Generic, a performance made for a series of similar venues. Site Specific, a performance designed for one specific venue. In these styles of performance, the venue or site also becomes a performer and not just a host, so the stage is your co-star. Site-specific theatre is often defined by what it is not, which can be a bit exhausting when trying to explain it. Simply put, it is often seen in opposition to standard theatrical conventions. Think punk rock, but with less safety pins. Some things that can identify site-specific theatre include expansive environments, mobile audiences, and audience participation. Aren't audiences always participating anyway? You're talking about Hall again, aren't you? You're darn right I'm talking about Hall again. All right, cowboy, simmer down. Hall proposed an idea that he called reception theory. During a performance, there is a negotiation between the performance and the audience. The viewer interprets the meanings of the show based on her or his individual cultural background and experiences. This process of agreement, contradiction and debate produces the eventual meaning of the piece. Through collective action, an audience can take the messages that a performer has offered and transform them through social contexts. Does that mean that the audience and the performers are communicating? The performers send encrypted messages through their words, movements, gestures and actions. The performance is a message that is encoded. The audience must decode it, and the message can be read very differently by multiple people. Decoding is the process of obtaining, translating, and understanding this message. This happens in stages. First, there is the production, where meanings and ideas are encoded. These meanings are formed from the creator's perceptions of society's values and beliefs. Secondly, circulation, where individuals receive, recreate, and pass on these messages. This means that the audience becomes part of the broadcasting process when they talk about the play to other people. Thirdly, use, where active audiences engage with the work and decode it, treating the show like a conversation. Fourthly, reproduction. Once the message has been decoded, it can have an effect on the receiver. They now have a choice whether or not to reproduce the message. They have to make the ideas into a narrative before they can be understood. So, if an audience is always participating, then what is special about interactive theatre? All right, clever clogs. 
Interactive theatre usually refers to physical interaction and potentially giving the audience the ability to alter the performance. Control is a key factor. The performers must surrender some of the control to the audience in order to push the interactivity forward. That way, the audience becomes fully immersed in the performance. (laughs) Brecht would hate that. No, don't say his name. You'll wake him up. Bloody hell. Now he'll get into arguments with all the other academics. I only just put them down for their naps. Immersion is counterproductive to the goal of inspiring audience action. If the audience member is lost in the play, then they are lethargic and feel no impulse to act. But a momentary loss of distance from the play lets an informed audience evaluate their experience. If the audience is alienated, they are more aware of critical commentary. The audience should be uncomfortable and on the wrong foot. You are missing the point that the audience is always participating. You don't give them enough credit. Immersive theatre challenges the audience to be disobedient and reject passiveness. Can someone please separate the academics? Thank you. Anyway, as I was saying, we don't just interact with the show through our eyes and imagination. We also interact with it physically through the setting and props surrounding the audience. This reframes the way the audience positions itself in relation to the performance. Ooh, like Punch Drunk. Do you want to tell the audience about their company? With pleasure. Punch Drunk Theatre was formed in 2000 and specialises in site-specific installations. They utilise both expansive environments and intimate spaces. They have experimented with giving the audience free movement and rules that they can operate within. This gives them the feeling of choice, but also allows them to have an underlying feeling of safety. While they challenge conventions of audience involvement, which encourages the audience to be passive, their shows are often multi-sensual, using visual, verbal, oral, and tactile elements. Keith shares an experience that they had at a punch-drunk show. I was free to wander around the installation that combined Faust and the Mask of the Red Death. Sometimes I was interacting with performers and fellow audience members, and sometimes I was alone with my thoughts. In various set pieces, I had my nails painted, drank tea, was mugged, and rested in a peaceful field. I didn't feel embarrassed by the interaction with the actors, because it was made clear that I was free to choose how much I participated. I didn't feel like I was being forced. Sometimes I felt like I was breaking the rules, and at other times I was fully compliant. This created a dynamic relationship between myself and the performers. The detail that went into the various environments was stunning. Does that mean you can be involved in a show just by walking around? Yes. In walking performances, the act of moving becomes the centre of the performance and the way that the audience engages with the show. A bit like zombies, run! (laughs) I use that app to exercise. When you're about to be eaten alive, it really keeps you motivated. Exactly. The app uses narrative to transform your actions into part of the show. Like other forms of interactive theatre, walking performances place themselves in opposition to traditional conventions. This reminds me of the famous story of Will Kemp. He was a comedic actor who performed as part of Shakespeare's company, the Lord Chamberlain's Men. After creative differences with the rest of the troupe, he went his own way. His first solo act was... Quite unusual. Hey 
traveller, could you perchance hoist me from this pothole that I find myself trapped in? Why, thank you, kind fellow. You are staring at my garb? Or perchance you recognise me, for I am the famous William Kemp, comedian extraordinaire. You may wonder why I caper about the roads with these morris bells. Well, I am performing a great feat, the likes of which no one has ever achieved before. I have pledged to dance a hundred and twenty-five miles along these roads. I set out early on this Monday just past, and am bound first for Essex, Suffolk, and finally Norwich. The Lord Mayor himself sent me on my way. All of the citizens gave me a friendly and exceedingly kind send-off. But as a thank you, good fellow, for your assistance, shall I perform a jig for you? I can take on any character you could name, or impress you with my flourishes. Uh, you, you're going another way? Well, I bid you good day, traveller. Remember me to your friends and acquaintances. My career is just taking flight, no longer burdened by that stuffy Shakespeare. Fare thee well. Poor Kemp. He faded from public view, and when he died, his epitaph was simply Kemp, a man. Short and sweet. Walking performances can be used in conjunction with site-specific theatre to draw attention to and celebrate spaces. Creatively engaging with them allows us to see things in a new way. It makes the familiar feel strange. Rights and Sights does this very well. The space and place of their performances is mobile and explores expansive locations. Walking is a key part of their dramaturgy. They have a series of performances called Miss Guides, where they take groups of 20 to 30 people on guided walks that explore and challenge materiality. They celebrate spaces and encourage active and creative engagement. The audience begins to think laterally and in a transgressive way about the environments and the sensations that they experience. So they manage to make exercising fun? Well, interactive theatre can also be used therapeutically. In safe settings, audience members can process difficult emotions. One of the strengths of interactive theatre is allowing an audience to see situations from alternative points of view. Sounds like it can do no wrong. Well, we have to remember that interactive and immersive shows have a duty of care to the audience members. They can be very intense and you don't want to hurt someone. Some ways that performances can provide a feeling of security include making the rules of the show very clear, giving people the option to say no, and letting people leave the show if they need to. Okay, so keep everyone safe and we all see the world in a new way. Yeah, basically that's it. So, is the episode over? Yeah, I think so. How would you end it? With a song and dance number? Sadly, we don't have the budget for that. Ah, well. Thank you for listening. In theoretically theatrical interactive theatre, the presenters were Rosie Beach and Alan Sunter. 
Keith was played by Kirsty Whitaker, and Hal was played by Ariana Ellis. Other parts were played by members of the cast. This has been a Yorick Radio production. <laughs>